Our scripture reading today is the Easter story. Perfect. As told in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Hear these words of scripture. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Peter Simon came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside of the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where we have, they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him, <clears throat> excuse me, and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had, what he had said of these things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Chuck. Let's pray. Holy God, as we reflect upon your word today, we ask that you would weave answers into the text. Speak to us through this ancient story so that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and open hearts, we pray. Amen. We have a saying in my family. If you can't find something, go ask mom to look for it. I think a lot of families have this saying, right? 
Someone will be searching and searching and searching for something. Usually it's food in the cupboard or the fridge. And I'll hear, Mom, I can't find it. And I'll go over. I'll take a moment. And as my son Jordan says, I will pull it out of thin air. I've tried to teach them my superpower. I'll have them stand there with me. And I will say, okay, open your eyes. Like, actually, I know they're open, but like actually open them, okay? And then imagine what you're looking for. Imagine the shape and the color. See it in your mind's eye. Look for those features. And sometimes they find it themselves. And it's a joyous day. The ketchup bottle that's sitting there, staring right at them waiting to be noticed. And then sometimes it still eludes them. So I will grab it out of thin air and hand it to them. Now that reminds me, or the the scripture for today reminds me of that, that tendency that we have. This year our Easter reading comes from the Gospel of John. Each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, They have a different telling of the Easter story. They emphasize different details, but they all get to the same important truth, that Jesus has risen. In the Gospel of John, in this telling of it, Mary Magdalene sets out in the dark of early dawn, and she's full of pain and grief, and the darkness of sorrow because of what Jenny was talking about in the children's moment, that that she witnessed the death of her beloved teacher and friend. Jesus was the one who removed the seven demons that plagued her and gave her this renewed life and sense of hope. And now she's there, and he is lying in the darkness of death in a tomb. And so Mary Magdalene goes under the cover of darkness to be with Jesus. But when she gets there, even through the darkness of that early morning, she sees that something is different. Something that shocks her. The stone is rolled away. This huge boulder that should have been in front of the tomb's entrance was gone. And so she sees this, she runs to go get a couple of the disciples, and they follow her to the tomb. They go in, they see that Jesus' body is missing, they see the grave cloths that are there, lying there, no body, and so they walk away, puzzled. They still aren't fully understanding this whole raising from the dead and what Jesus had to say. They're not sure what any of it means, so they go to figure it out. But Mary doesn't leave. She stays there. She stands outside Jesus' tomb, tears streaming down her face. Her shoulders are rolled over. You know that, like, that sobbing, that shaking sob? That is what Mary is experiencing. And then in the midst of all of that crying for her long-lost friend, She bends over and looks inside the tomb to see for herself. But when she looks in there, she sees two angels clothed in white, and they're seated where Jesus' body should have been. 
And the angels ask her, woman, why are you crying? And usually in scripture, when we see angels or when someone sees an angel, they're terrified. But here, Mary doesn't have time to be terrified. She's too upset. And so she simply responds to their question hopelessly. They have taken my Lord. They've taken him and I don't know where they took him. And then she turns around and she sees this man standing behind her assuming that he's the gardener. And this man asks her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And at this point, I imagine Mary getting a little frustrated with all of these men asking her why she's crying because, excuse me, her friend and her teacher and her rabbi, this person who was so much to her died and is in this tomb and now he's gone and so it's a good time to cry. But Mary puts all of that aside. She takes a deep breath and she pleads with this man standing in front of her. She says, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you took him and I will go and I will get him. And Jesus pauses, knowing that Mary is not seeing clearly in that moment. She's not seeing through the thick darkness of her her grief and her hopelessness that she's feeling that morning. And then I imagine this little small smile spreading across Jesus' face. And he says, Mary. And the veil of darkness is lifted from Mary's eyes. All of a sudden, She sees that this man who is standing right in front of her is Jesus. He's alive. And she exclaims, Rabbi! And Jesus smiles at her. And he says, don't stay here with me. You need to go. Go and tell my siblings that I am here. I'm going to go and see my father, our father, our God. I am going to go see him. And so Mary runs off, and she tells the disciples what she had seen and what Jesus had told her. Now, in this story, we see so much. But we see Mary going to the tomb in this darkness, the literal darkness of night, and this darkness of grief and sorrow. And we see her lingering at the tomb, crying, sobbing, reminding us that grief and mourning is important. That we have to go through that grief and that difficulty in order to get to the healing. And then she sees Jesus. He has risen. He is alive. And we are reminded, we are shown that tears are not the end of the story. That Christ has come into our lives in order to offer us hope to overcome whatever darkness might have enveloped us. In the beginning of the Gospel of John, we're told, this is verse 5 of chapter 1, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now here, this is talking about Jesus. And this is the scripture that we actually read at the very end of our Christmas Eve service. 
And now here we are seeing proof of this, that Jesus is the light on Easter morning, that Jesus has overcome the darkness of sorrow and pain and grief and despair and even death. Jesus has overcome all of it, and the light shines in the darkness. The end. Hard stop. And yet, like Mary Magdalene, Jesus can be standing right in front of us, beaming with light, and we cannot see him. It's like my family with that ketchup bottle that would bite them in the face if it could. The divine is right under our nose, staring us in the face, waiting to be noticed, and yet we miss it clouded by the darkness. But as it says in our poem for today, but here's what Easter taught me. If you think you've lost God, if it feels like heaven has slipped through the cracks, if you feel like the night will never end, then know there is no hide-and-seek with the divine that doesn't end with you being found. So open your eyes. Imagine what you're looking for. See it in your mind's eye. The hope, the love, the promise of joy and light shining through the darkness. See that in your mind's eye and look for those features. Open your eyes. Stay still. Keep breathing, because God is closer than you think. Amen? Let us pray. Good and glorious God, you have overcome all darkness. And we know that through your Son, you have experienced all of the pain that we experience. And you have died and you have risen. You have overcome it all. So God, may we open our eyes and see you standing in front of us. May we receive your unconditional love for us and be transformed. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as we prepare for praying with and for one another, I want to invite those online to share any prayers in the Facebook comments or at prayer at brexelumc.com. And here, let us stand together in body or in spirit as we sing with one another. song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Our first prayer is from Austin, 
who, he's the Austin that found Jenny. He said, I'm thankful for God, Jesus, my whole family, my cats, dog, friends, and my good life. Lucy asked for prayers for the Wall Street Journal's journalist who is being held in jail in Russia. Shelley asked for prayers for all who are alone today that they will feel God's love. And prayers for Dion living with cancer and for Kate who is also living with cancer. Marla asked for continued prayers of healing for Mike's grandma and for prayers for those who are battling depression and anxiety. And Susan has a prayer of joy. Her cousin is in remission, and she is grateful for all of our prayers. And then Linda asked for prayers for Donald, who is in the army and was deployed to Jordan this week. And then also continued prayers for Deanne, who is struggling with cancer. We know that God hears our prayers, and so let us go to our Lord now. Good and almighty God, we are here this morning because we believe in your resurrection. Mysterious beyond our understanding, yes, and yet like the tulips after the snow, so very real. Oh God, and we believe in Easter morning and the promise that you are a God who would roll back every single stone in order to return to us. And we believe in Jesus who calls us by name and asks us, who are you looking for? Oh God, help us to bring the joy and the love of this Easter morning into every moment of our lives. Assure us that you see our hurt and will carry us through the pain of this world and into the hope of a new day. Wrap your love around us, cocoon us in your hope, and tether us to one another so that this world might know of your resurrection truth. We pray these things through the power of your spirit, saying together the prayer Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind you that church does not end when the worship service is over. The message goes with us into our daily lives and the work of the church continues through your help. And so here are some ways that you can engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. First, next week we begin our good neighbor experiment. Jesus calls us to love our neighbors, and this summer we are going to do this with our actual, literal neighbors. We begin with a four-week worship series, and then we're going to spend the whole summer exploring practical tools 
to create meaningful relationships with the people who live right next to us. It's a way that we can get off our donkey and we can share the love of Jesus with the world. And then Saturday, April 29th, is our next Bike Fix-It Day. We will meet from 9 to noon downstairs in the Fellowship Hall and clean and repair bikes that are donated so that they might go to the people who need them most. There's no experience necessary. You are welcome to come, to learn, and to simply have fun with one another. And then in just a few short months, it will be July. I know, it's crazy. But then in another couple of months, it's going to be Christmas, and then we'll all be here and saying Merry Christmas to each other. But before then, it'll be VBS, okay? We won't get too excited, but Vacation Bible School is July 17th through the 21st. It's in the park again this year, and we are so excited to have um, a, a week focused on change makers and how we can be change makers. And we, if you want to sign up for VBS for, if, for your kids or if you would like to volunteer, it is an absolute blast for everyone involved. Um, we have about 60 kids already registered, so make sure that you sign up. We'll have it open as long um, as we can until we reach capacity. Um, and then, But sign up, and it's going to be a grand, grand time. And then um, also I just want to direct you to bumclinks.com because there's too much that for me to stand up here and just rattle off to you guys, and there's too much even for the bulletin or anything like that, so check out bumclinks.com. It has, it's kind of the one-stop shop for everything Brexel United Methodist Church, and, um, and so check that out. If you would like to get connected to our church, inside the, um, Inside the bulletin is a connection card. You can fill that out. You can give it to one of our welcome team before you leave. Um, and online, you can also you can go to bumclinks.com and you can do the same thing there as well. Um, the last thing that I want to do is that I am holding a very pretty gold necklace that has an L on it. And somebody dropped it. So if that somebody is you, come see me and say hi and I'll give it to you. Um, after the service. And if not, then um, we'll have it in the office for you later. So um, with that, I want us to let us receive the benediction so that we might go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. And finally, we are going to sing the Alleluia Chorus after the band sings this song. And so if you would like to sing the Hallelujah Chorus with them, then make your way up here. We have music, and it's, well, it's the best way to, to end our time together. So let's all just stand and sing, and then you can head up here if you want. Between us, by the cross you came and broke.